right, Ashraf, uh, thank you so much for accepting our invitation right. to be like our guest in the Good Folks podcast. Um, so before starting, before starting to record, you were talking about if this is like your first time doing something like this. Yeah, actually, it, you can say it's the first time. The f like the really once I did it, it was with uh, another uh, radio. I was like 15 years old with uh, high school and we were talking about mathematics and so on. So was that like a part of a school project or something? Yeah, kind of. They invited us to talk about our uh, specialty and what we are doing, how we are studying our the whole school. class, not the whole uh, five, five person, five. top five, top five. Like and you were one of the top five. Uh, kind of. I were like genius, but not uh, in marks, not in notes, not in grades. <laughs> yeah, not in grades, but like, yeah. I was chosen. So you were genius, but not in, in grades. Like what kind of genius did, were you? Inside the class, I am a genius. In the exam, I'm not. That's, oh, that's, that's OK. The, uh, so that's like the kind of student who participates a lot, who gets things yeah, right. Yeah. But when they are confronted with an exam to test their skills, they don't yeah. know what the hell. Uh, yeah. what, what's the reason? That's, uh, the reason I can say, like, I don't like to be tested. Um, I like to ex to express myself. I like to express my opinions or what I know, my knowledge, and so on. But I don't like to uh, just copy past things from what we were uh, doing at class in a paper. Mm -hmm. So if probably if those questions were discussed in a discussion, I could answer. I could go to the board and answer that question. But mm -hmm. in the exam, it's a little bit hard for me. Right. Yeah. So people know you as someone who works with word learning. Um, what's your position exactly? Yeah, so uh, I'm working as STEM education uh, specialist for okay. word learning. So my job basically is to uh, ensure all the activities at the STEM center or in other corners uh, we have in other wilayas that are going uh, smooth and we are bringing youth stuff to the center and stuff. So yeah. All right. So you also you own do you only work with uh, kids or? Um, well, actually, we work with various uh, age categories like middle school, high school, primary, and even university. And it depends on what we are offering. So there are a number of workshops that we offer to middle school and primary, just mm -hmm. to uh, teach them how to code, how to do robotics. But if we go to uh, high school, university level, we do more advanced workshops in coding and Python, AI, uh, web development, game design, many other So it's really focused on technology and uh, internet. Yeah. So STEM is basically science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. and uh, our workshops uh, englobe the, the everything, the, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So, Ashraf, can you tell us more about word learning? Because there is this, I'm not sure if you know, I, I'm sure that since you started working with word learning, probably a lot of people in your network, like friends and family and your neighborhood or whatever, maybe you told them about what word learning is mm -hmm. and the opportunities that they provide. but. I don't think that a lot of Algerians know about it or know about the opportunities that they provide. You know, sometimes I talk to some of, uh, I used to talk to some of uh, the people who used to study with me at university and I always tell them, hey, not everything is, is, is needs like a lot of money. Like you don't need to, you, whenever you dream, you don't need to think that, oh, I should have a lot of money in order to study abroad or in order to do a certain workshop. Or I'm like, there are many opportunities out there. And then when I show them some of the sources of those opportunities, I tell them, what about word learning? Did you check that? Go and like their page, follow them. They post different really cool opportunities, like, for example, the ones that address women, Bausala. Bausala. And, uh, yeah. Um, and so 
I'm just not sure why not many Algerians like know about these uh, mm. I, I would first tell you a story like happened to me uh, during the month of Ramadan mm. um, so it was the shift from face-to-face activities into online activities and we spent a lot of time like a whole month preparing for tutorials and so on like to deliver workshops online using uh, social media like Facebook YouTube and others in my personal account on Facebook, usually when I post anything that doesn't mean anything, <laughs> I get many likes, uh, many people sharing my uh, my posts or commenting on it. But uh, when we started doing uh, the uh, the Wisdom Pioneers program, which is a series of workshops online, I saw that people were not reacting to that. So people, like they participated, people I know from my network, they participated in the program, they watched uh, the tutorials, they participated in the challenges, but they didn't share that with their community. So I think the major thing is that people uh, do not share uh, when there is something beneficial, they don't share it with others. They just get it, but they don't share it. So the problem here is sharing the information. Mm -hmm. Um, To see, like we jumped, during that online program from uh, 16,000 followers to 18,000 followers. So it was only to uh, 2,000 followers in like a period of one month, but it's mediocre compared to what others were doing, like in talks or something. So talks get more people, but something that you got, you are going to learn from, uh, something you are going to uh, create. Yeah, what do you mean by talks? Like. Like, like those conferences? And yes. Uh, people did many initiatives to uh, do talks. Uh, TED Talk. Ta- yes. So uh, people apply for those. People, they, they share this information. People go to those talks and uh, attend those talks. But when it comes to something technical, something they can uh, create something with. Like workshops. <laughs> like workshops and so on. Something I see more practical in doing, like not just uh, listening. They, I don't know, if it's fear, or uh, thinking that they cannot be able to do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never thought about that. It mm-hmm. seems that like people, people usually don't really have the tendency to share such uh, opportunities online. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm just, I'm not sure if it has to do with the way we use social media, if we use it like in a bad way. Um, but I don't know, like, wh- what do you think is like the solution for this? I think it's uh, up to the new generation that it's coming now. Uh, There is a generation where people are just focusing on uh, programming, coding and this kind of stuff. So these people are the only solution to make uh, technology or STEM more uh, into our society. Uh, We see that many people, like in my experience, many people from other wilayas, they want to participate in STEM. They want to do activities, but they don't have the opportunity to do that. Uh, they don't have STEM centers in their community. Their high schools or universities do not offer uh, workshops in those fields. It's just theoretical, 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 and no uh, practice. So uh, when we started this online, we saw that most of our new followers, most of our new participants are from other wilayas, uh, wilayas in the south or in the east. So I think uh, this generation that I am currently working with is the key to solve this. Uh, you seem quite optimistic. Yeah, because of probably because of the people you worked with. Uh, if I may talk about one person uh, I work with, he's uh, like 19 years old. Mm-hmm. 
he's very young like I, I started working with him like when he was 17 and I saw that he is uh, talented in everything and this guy uh, when he got his baccalaureate exam he went to study in Babzuwar uh, first year uh, ST uh, and then he just quit because he saw that there is nothing uh, that means to him there uh, there is nothing practical, nothing that he can learn from. So he stopped and then he started coming to the center like uh, daily and I would start noticing him. He was learning more than what I learned in three years in Babsuwar. He Now he is better than me or like for five years or six years, better than me in my field, like in robotics and electronics. And so uh, I think this is a generation that can uh, change the balance between do we want only theory or we want practice we want to innovate or we just we want to talk so this is the uh, this is I can say the solution yeah so if we focus on this generation we can find uh, yeah, a better the future do you think their exposure to technology um, and uh, AI and uh, all these sort of new things um, like this technological advancement in the world do you think that exposure to that and being good at it will like improve society and the country? And uh... I think um, if we go back to history, let's say uh, the history of the golden Muslim age. If we talk about it, uh, you can see that most of the scholars back then were uh, having knowledge in many fields, not just uh, mathematics or just physics but they know mathematics they know physics uh, they know even uh, religious uh, studies and other specialties yeah plants, astronomy exactly so if we can uh, forge uh, a new uh, generation that has abilities to do anything like in coding in robotics in chemistry and uh, mechanics that's the key to success and i think many countries developed countries they are doing that. Their kids from um, K-12, they start doing STEM. They start learning uh, robotics. They start to learning mechanics from a very early age. But here in Algeria, we see that we can uh, get exposed to these kind of activities only at the university and not really practical. So this is what we are doing with World Learning and the STEM Center. We yeah, are, so the key yeah. of success is like to be not to be an expert, but just like to be good at many things, many different things, things. Many fields, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure how much you read about like the, the Islamic Golden Age, but it always fascinates me every time. Like I hear about some of the uh, scientists back then who wrote like eight, hundreds of books. Like when you hear about someone who was living, when was that? Like 1000 years ago? Yeah, I think in the Abbasi Khalifat. Yes. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, like f there are certain scientists who wrote like 800 to 1000 book yeah using only uh, wow. pencil and paper <laughs> yeah exactly like wow that's just wow so considering the time to write those books the time to make research in order to write those books and in order to innovate so how can these people manage yeah, and their it time wasn't, it that. wasn't easy to write a book also i mean it, back then it w y they used to write books on the flesh of animals and they leave it under the sun um, until it becomes dry and then so it like takes really really long time yeah. but they had the motivation and the energy and the commitment in order to produce those books 
Um, and uh, most of those books like were really deep. They talked about the, the poisons, like plants that has poisons, uh, what they learned about medicines, what they learned about astronomy. Um, it's just amazing. And I just wonder why we don't have that drive anymore as uh, like a society, whether an Algerian or an Arab society or a Muslim society. That motivation, that will, like, it's not, it's not there anymore. I mean, that's th that's what I was talking about. I am seeing this in this new generation. So uh, many many have come to the center, many have left the center, but few um, kept coming daily to the center, uh, learning new things, developing new things, and getting innovative ideas and started working on them. So these people, I can see that motivation in them, the motivation to be like their ancestors. Mm -hmm. So. Um, as I told you, if we focus all our efforts on uh, getting these people the equipment they need, the uh, learning they need, and the, uh, how we say, the sources they need, resources they need, yeah, then we can forge a new generation. It's not us, but this coming generation will certainly be like uh, so those, those, those scholars. Yeah, back yeah. that past, yeah. Yeah, I really hope so. Like you seem really, like really motivated and really optimistic about the whole thing. I think that's my job, actually. <laughs> Your job is to be optimistic. Yeah, my job is to be optimistic and to always find um, a solution, an approach to make those learners learn what they came to learn. So, uh, and that's where it comes the UDL part, Universal Design for Learning. Mm -hmm. This is an approach we are applying at the center and in all our corners around Algeria. It's a new way to teach uh, any module or any uh, subject. Uh, it makes the classrooms more inclusive. Uh, the bell curve of having slackers and stars and normal people in the classroom will be removed and everyone will get the same amount of knowledge and the uh, same time of experience. So and giving them the same time of experience with the same amount of knowledge will let everyone expose what they have in their hearts or in their minds uh, concerning that topic or that subject. And then you will see if this person fits this subject or not. And then when you see that, uh, for example, uh, Mohammed is not uh, good at robotics, but you see that he is good in programming robots. So you will take Mohammed and uh, give him more knowledge about Python programming, about coding, and let him delve into that word of coding mm -hmm. and then you focus on others in robotics and so on so this is the approach we are uh, following at the center all right yeah that sounds really cool so when when you started working for word learning um, did you change in terms of perspectives or the way just like you see education and uh, you see society i know that you already had the experience before i mean you were the chairman i guess of uh, uh and yeah UNHCR, yeah yeah in mu1 uh you also participated in isaac an exchange pro uh, exchange participant you went to turkey uh i guess you taught there in a certain school uh, yeah yeah so you already had some experience in being a teacher in being facilitator in uh, educating people and young generations yeah. but i think that world learning is probably like a different experience for you now 
we can say that word learning um, took all my uh, experience, the previous experience, mm -hmm. and forged it or sharpened it into something much greater, um, something more practical, something more, um, something that can give results. Right. Um, if we talk about my previous experience in teaching, um, like you said, in Turkey, um, I had to teach STEM in Turkey, by the way, and I was teaching technology and so on, but it was more theoretical. Uh, I didn't know how to uh, share my knowledge back then, so I was trying hard to... When was that, by the way? 2016? Turkey. What was your year? 2016? 20, I went to Turkey in 2017. So From December 2016, December 2016 to January 2017. Yeah, so I was summer 2016 too. Oh, so you were like months, uh, months yeah, before, it, yeah. I came, I came, yeah, I came, I came months after, yeah, I came a couple of months after. Mm, yeah. So I, like I said, uh, I had previous experience in teaching. Mm -hmm. I had also previous experience with STEM where I attended workshops of STEM. I was a participant and then word learning, like, firstly trained me to be a teacher better teacher using the universal design for learning and then I started experiencing that uh, teaching approach with many students for like two years at word learning I also participated in other events where we were organizing to like uh, meet with other people to see how we can do things differently and so on even like in career orientation and so on English uh, and after that I got recruited to be the STEM guy uh, being a STEM specialist is not very easy and it's not very hard. It's just need that you are a person that with uh, initiative, uh, a person that takes initiative. So if you are a person that is uh, proactive, then the job is yours. Uh, you will uh, be given the opportunity to get, um, how we say, to get many things for those kids so if you have an idea if you have a project you want to implement uh, you will be that person no, they will choose you for that uh, so when i was recruited uh, i started doing like usual tasks of any employee at any work mm -hmm. but with the time coming uh, I had a supervisor who had another different job, so he went for that different task, and I was left alone to uh, work with the STEM center and another center in Wurgla and seven other corners and other wilayas. And that it was like really new at the thing. And that where I thank Word Learning for- So you guys moved to different wilayas? Yeah. So when I came- But the center is here in Algiers. We have many. We don't have in only the Algiers That's STEM amazing. Center. Yeah. So how many? How many wilayas? Nine. That's really cool. Yes, nine wilayas. Yeah. Well, can you tell? Can you tell us what are these wilayas? Just like so for, for people when they listen to this podcast, just mm. to know what. Yeah. Learning. So if people want to uh, join our corners or centers in other wilayas, we have in Algiers the Algiers STEM Center. We have in Wurgla the Wurgla STEM Center, and we have Constantine STEM Corner at. Um, uh, at private school, we have the uh, CTIF at MBI. We have in uh, in Batna. Mm -hmm. We have also in Oran. We have in Lwet, and we have in Media. All right, all those courses, all those opportunities from word learning for people are for free. Yes. So 
the, you the gotta thing, check that. Yeah. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is that we all activities that World Learning is doing are for free. So any program, not only STEM, but even Bausala, for, for example, is for free for all uh, women who applied. Also, um, other uh, career orientation projects and development are also for free. Uh, trainings we offer at World Learning headquarters are also for free, and so on. No. You guys should check that out. World Learning. Check their fa their Facebook page. There are a lot of interesting opportunities there that could really benefit you. So Ashraf, you're not only a World Learning person, but you're also an ME1 person. You yeah. got really good experience in ME1 in Italy. Uh, Vienna, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us? Mo so by the way, MUN is a model United Nations. Uh, can you tell us more about your experience and what you um, benefited so far from it? Yeah. So actually, MUN was, uh, let's say, the door to everything I've uh, achieved so far. Mm -hmm. um, the, my first experience in, in anything was in Turkey at first with uh, a group named Hezerfan. I went there to do uh, STEM, but it was more than that. Like by night, we usually uh, meet in a in a group, uh, all the students there in that camp, and we start debating subjects. So that, that was my first experience with debating, and I was in high school back then. Yeah, uh, high school, I, that's amazing. Yeah, I was in high school when I went to Turkey uh, for the first time to attend uh, a camp, scientific camp. But it was not just scientific, like I, as I told you, by night we gather and we do uh, discussions about topics. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got fascinated, like I saw in myself that the, the person who can debate, the person who can uh, express his ideas. So I was looking for opportunities like that and I didn't have the network who can share with me this kind of opportunities. I was living in Zeralda, if you know. Yes, and yeah, only my community was only uh, my neighbors, so I didn't get anyone. I don't know anyone. Yeah, that's why I always told it as well. Yeah, so I was the guy that uh, just go to school, and so when I found that Turkey opportunity, I just applied for it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't wait anything. How did you find it? Uh, it was. Um, a friend of ours, a friend of uh, the family who came just to visit us and then he told us that his friend is organizing something in Turkey. So I told him, give me his number, <laughs> give me his number, I will talk to him. And when I talked to him, it was just dedicated this program for, uh, for a certain community in Algeria, not every Algerian. So for a certain community in Algeria, they can go to this program. But I pitched my way <laughs> and I I got selected and I went with them to the to this program and we met with others in Shehir University in Istanbul. Um, so when we came back, I spent like two years, I guess, with doing nothing, literally nothing, just studying and having no uh, opportunity or something. When I went first year in university, I remember my mom, God bless her, she told me, in university, you are not going just to study like you did in high school. So go to clubs, go to uh, associations, start uh, developing yourself. I told her mom, this is not working, uh, who is going there and so on. So she kept insisting on me. No, don't study, go find these people. And I went to a club in university and I met someone who told me that there is something called MUN. What is MUN? It is debate, something, something. Okay. Uh, I went back to that can person. You, can you explain like briefly what's MUN? So MUN is just like briefly, just to give the people idea. 
So, Model United Nations. Yeah, it's Model United Nations. Model United Nations. The UN stands for. Yeah, so United Nations is the place where people, our countries gather to talk about serious issues that the world is facing yeah. uh, and try to uh, come up with solutions for each crisis. Um, so, in Model United Nations, uh, the organizers hope or uh, aim to have many people from university or high school to uh, talk about real world issues and try to find a solution so they can learn how to debate and how to uh, uh, make research, how to act and behave like a real diplomat. Uh, also, like each person is supposed to represent a certain country, they are assigned to represent a certain country, so they do research about it and they represent it uh, based on its real position in real life. Exactly. Yeah. And in my experience with MUN, I, I was most of MUNs I was representing France. I don't know why, but I always <laughs> get France to represent. I represent Iran. Iran, yeah, <laughs> and you won. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. So I present France and Algeria MUN. The, the, my first experience with MUN, and then I went to Italy and I um, was uh, defending the opinion of I Ireland. Mm. Ireland, yes, uh, concerning migration. So one of the great have a lot of history of migration. So I had a lot to say uh, back then. And after that, I went to uh, Austria, to Vienna, and it was magnificent. It was the best experience I ever had in my life because the MUN was in the UN headquarters. So we were real diplomats back then. Did you have the UN headquarters in, uh, in Vienna? Yeah, there is, I think, three or four UN headquarters in the world. And, and only one in New York City. So that is the New York City one. It's okay. where there is the uh, Security Council, right? Yes. And in Vienna, it's the Atomic uh, Agency and the UNHCR. Okay. Yeah. So we were uh, at that uh, headquarters. It's a huge headquarters. It's very huge. Uh, it's a maze, actually, not just huge. It's a maze. If you walk in a corridor, uh, you think there is another one next to you, but it's not there. So when you finish this corridor, you cannot find the other one. But if you start from the beginning, you can find the other one. It's really a maze, um, and it's fascinating as a building. Mm -hmm. The experience was also beneficial because we, the chairperson and the um, directors and so on of the committees were actual workers in the UN. So the debate and how they moderated the debate was very professional. Um, and not just, not like our MUN, where they tell you to prepare, prepare, uh, working paper uh, okay. and so on, but there they do not tell you to prepare anything. They do not do a training for you. You just apply. You go there, and they were they are expecting that you know everything about that. So mm, that's like both good and bad at the same time. Yeah. yeah, but usually they do not accept people who do not have previous experience. Okay. But how are they going to verify? Maybe you could just lie about the fact that you had that experience. I mean, uh, we had several people who came and the same community as. Uh, the same committee uh, where I was, okay. and they didn't have previous experience in uh, UN. Mm -hmm. They were high school students from Georgia. And from the first day, they went to have lunch. Well, we went to have lunch, but they didn't have lunch with us. They went to a corner and they started working on their, pr pr their working paper and their uh, position paper. And they finished everything and they, they came back. Their, um, their way of debating changed from the first uh, day to the second, third. So it is beneficial. That, um, that way, 
those chairs were moderating the topic and the debates was very amazing and professional. It is, it's not like we did, <laughs> but it's, it's, way, uh, it's way different. It's very professional. You know, listening to you talking about your journey from like the, the camp in Turkey to uh, your experience in Vienna with MUN, I, uh, one thing that I noticed is that your network really matters because based on your network, um, you're gonna, it's like there are different paths in the world mm-hmm. and certain paths will, will just appear to you based on the people who are surrounded by you. So if you're not surrounded by the right people, then you won't hear about many opportunities that exist uh, out there. And I think that we all started from somewhere. We all started with a limited network when the only people we knew were the people inside our family and in our neighborhood. That's all we know. We don't know people from like the other side. Uh, and then I think that internet was good at mm-hmm. uh, facilitating that, uh, just connecting us with I'm not sure how what's like the, how the first time we met. I think it was through Isaac. Uh, it was a recruitment of Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We both wanted to join Isaac back then. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, Isaac was one way for uh, for us like to meet. But there are many people who met also on Facebook, and I think that your network plays a huge part in shaping your future and mm-hmm. shaping where you're going to be. And uh, so far, I think that you improved your n- network uh, a lot. Like the the people you're surrounded with, like the people in world learning, the people that you met in Ami One, like Ahmed Laidi, yeah. uh, people probably you met in Turkey, I'm not sure if you're if still in, in touch with anyone. Still in touch with them, yeah. Yeah. With everyone. Yeah, that's really cool. And then and then you guys ca- could meet, you could like share experience, work on a project together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just amazing. People, I think that people underestimate the power of network a lot. Network really, really matters. You know, who are the people you know, or the people you're, you're connected with. Um, yeah. So did your network improve through the years because of MUN and, uh, and uh, word learning? And, uh, hmm. So I, w- I will tell you this story and then I will give you okay, an advice to the audience okay, about sure. networking. So uh, I didn't do only like STEM and MUN back in university. So I did also something called a company program with Injaz, Jazair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so when I was in first year university, I, as I told you, my mom told me to do everything, so I want to do everything. I participated in Ninja's company program and we worked like one year to uh, create certain startup. Uh, the project was to uh, recycle water used in sanitary and use it in, in garden. Okay. Yeah, so we, we created that project and we met with many people from camp, multinational companies and, and so on. That was my first uh, like let's say my first way to get a stronger uh, network uh, meeting with people from multinationals and those people will facilitate will facilitate if you get them in your network you will facilitate you to know even more people that yes. they are working with yes, right. and so on so I I kept a good connection with these people and they helped me a lot also to participate even in other events abroad uh, so if you are a university student, the first thing that you need to think about is what do you want to be after uh, graduation. graduation? So do you want just to complete your studies and be a, a normal worker at a company, if you find a company that will uh, get you? Or you want to uh, 
enlarge your um, something bigger. You yeah, something if you bigger. want to get many ways, let's say you create your own project, create your own structure. create your own projects, or just let's say, um, can I say this in Arabic? Yeah, of course. Okay, so تفتح لك graduation تخير أنت تدك اللي حبيت تمشي فيها. Okay, yeah. ماشي الناس يخيروا لك وش تدير. So uh, if you get, well, I, th I don't think everyone has the confidence to do that. I see what you're saying, but I feel like a lot of people want something that's less risky. That's why they ask other people. I mean, I saw this even when students before they choose their field before they go to university. Once they get their back, and then they're supposed to choose uh, in which field they're supposed to study. Mm -hmm. uh, is am I going to go to Delhi Ibrahim or Bouzaria or Babzuar or wherever? What am I supposed to choose? And so they go to ask teachers. They ask to ask like. Uh, like all students who have the experience because they do not have the confidence yeah they don't have the confidence yeah. to choose what they want because they want something that they don't want to make a mistake for that there is one solution which is doing stem before going to university and that's the aim of the stem center especially here in algiers mm -hmm. so if you are a high school student a middle school students come to the center or any other place who are doing stem activities and try to do the maximum you can so join chemistry join uh, robotics join uh, everything join any kind of workshops we are doing and then you will uh, discover yourself you dis you will discover what is the thing that suits you and then when you go to university, when you get your baccalaureate, you will choose which specialty you want to do. If none of the STEM specialties works for you, then you, kn you know what you are going to do. Pro probably you like to study linguistics, you will go to study linguistics. Probably you like more philosophy, you will go study philosophy and so on. So this is uh, what I advise to high school students and middle school students. They need to discover themselves, yeah, especially to parents, yeah. actually. Parents need to also to work with their children not just students. So parents need to take care of their children and they need to take them and let them see what they are able to do. So once we pass this, we go to university. In university, it's the period where you discover yourself. Discover yourself in terms of what you want to be in the future. So you selected your uh, specialty that you are going to study, but what else can you do with that specialty? This is university. Yeah. So you will start going to clubs. You will start talking to teachers and asking them if there is any opportunities abroad and so on. Because teachers in universities, they know the opportunities. They do not share, but they know. So if you go and ask them, they will tell you what they know. You go to uh, other, you know, the students who are with you in those clubs and you ask them what they did in their life, what kind of projects they did, what kind of opportunities they got and so on. Uh, so the students need to take the initiative. They need to be proactive. They need to search for the opportunity. While other people like us sharing those opportunities, but it's not enough. So the students need to search for his. Yeah, probably what they need is just discovery. Maybe what they need is, is experience. Because sometimes you have a dream. For example, let's say you want to be a doctor, but you don't know what the environment of medicine is. You don't know what they need to learn. You don't know the courses. You don't know. You don't know about all that. You just like the image. You, you like the title of being a doctor or called a doctor or what the doctor does, like heals people. That's all. But maybe when you start studying that, you might discover yourself and feel like that's not what really suits you, mm -hmm. you know. And we don't have that experience. People don't get like to have that experience, um, and so they they end up uh, just.
doing whatever their parents tell them or whatever what society tells them. They just choose anything and then they get stuck at university. They start missing classes. Probably they drop out. I know I know many people who went to, to Bebzuar just because they, they say that the scientific and the technological field it's all is there. Yeah, yeah, it's there and it, that's what's going to guarantee that you're going to have good future, good job. Um, L'avenir, you know, yeah. that's it's it's you have to study in Babaz. And then when you go there and, and you get stuck, you feel that that doesn't suit you. So they just stop. They just drop out and they they they, they are outside. They can't they are jobless or maybe they just uh, try to find anything they can do. And maybe just maybe if they chose something else, something that really that's really passion for them. If they go to Buzariat study like languages or they go to the Brian study management, maybe they could find their passion then they could find their 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 goal there their purpose you know something that they would really do something with it and so i think that educating them to know how to, to know how to decide for their lives is really important it's like uh it's like uh, what what you're trying to do is putting more people in the right place putting more people in where they belong helping them discover where they belong exactly yeah, um, that's a very noble goal, and it's uh, really amazing. And I think that you're proud of the work that you do. It's like it, it has a, it has a salary, of course, but it also has a meaning. No, salary is not important. <laughs> but really, the feeling when you when you see someone uh, succeeding in his life or his studies, uh, while you were the key of that success, the feeling is amazing. Like you feel that you unlocked all the doors. <laughs> you yeah, it's it's everything. I cannot explain this in words, but the feeling is amazing. Do you guys have like these, uh, um, like they look like a graduation where you just like give the certificates, like just party or like ceremony, just like. We usually do that, especially when we have like special programs, like for example, Africa Code Week. Uh, so it's a, it's a, let's say African event where people gather for one week and do uh, coding workshops. Uh, so when by the end of this, they uh, like they do a small hackathon in the center. All the world learning centers in uh, Africa, they do it in the same No, no, no. It's um, African world learning, it's just world learning. So many uh, other schools or entities in these African countries, they do this. It's a program sponsored by uh, SAP, if you know them. SAP. S-A-P? S-A-P, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. So SAP, they do this Africa Code Week program. They sponsor it to uh, many schools in Africa so they can teach one week of coding. And this year it's a bit different. We will start it soon. We are posting the form uh, soon. It's for middle school and high school students to uh, create their own projects on scratch and then submit it. We will review it and then choose three uh, best projects on scratch to let them compete in an African competition. All right, so yeah. so just for the people who will listen to this podcast, just so they can know. So this is uh, an opportunity coming soon yeah. for middle school and high, high school, school students. students. All right, and uh, you will teach them. Uh, we will teach them coding with okay. Scratch, and then they will create their own projects. Okay. Uh, the jury members here in Algeria will choose three projects to represent Algeria in a national competition. Okay, how are they going to find this opportunity? International how are they going to find this opportunity in World Learning Facebook page? So it's in Algeria STEM Center Facebook page okay. and also Africa Code Week Algeria Facebook page. All right. Yeah. So uh, write that down, guys. Um, all right. And uh, well, 
where they where do they is it going to be online yeah basically the training will be online uh okay. for students and also uh the competition it's online so these projects will go to the jury members international jury members and they will choose the best projects among 20 projects all right that's amazing that's amazing man so going back to your experience i want you to tell us more about what you think about the uh, whole youth culture youth activism uh, in algeria and what uh, people our age are doing like those who are uh, organizing wiki stage TED talks creating their own projects um they go to exchange programs they learn they come back they uh, they they coordinate work together does this make you feel like more optimistic about like what like the future of algeria it's a good fortune for algeria mm -hmm. that's first because having many youth uh, i think most of the youth are doing uh, activities either here in algeria or abroad and they are bringing uh, or creating new ideas they Wait, are do you think that most of the youth Look, there is two <laughs> kinds of the youth. Okay. There is youth who are doing things, let's say, modern, like we are doing. Uh, yeah. Um, MUN, uh, yes. in jazz, and so on, uh, or going abroad. There is others who are not doing modern stuff. They are doing volunteering in the old-fashioned way, but it's the most... Uh, but do you think that people who are doing that are the majority of the youth in Algeria? Yeah, despite... Really? Despite from wherever they come from. <laughs> No, yeah. but, but seriously, I mean, when you walk outside, when you're driving your car outside, you know, like okay. you see a lot of young people. Yeah, I will tell you an example, just an example, a very special, uh, small example of how Algerian youth are taking initiative. Okay. It depends if it's not sustainable, probably it's not sustainable, but they are taking initiative. So if you get your car broken in the middle of the road, okay, and then two Yankees, let's say, yes, they are walking by the street and they saw your car broken, what would they do? They're going to help would you. help you. Yeah. So this is taking initiative. It's in the hearts of Algerian. And that's a good fortune for Algeria, like I said. Uh, so uh, we have people who are able to do many programs, able to create many opportunities. So if we gather uh, these people and these people, it will be a good uh, force for the... Yeah, but it seems to me that you're looking at the, at the the whole thing with like really colorful lens. Do you, I mean, yeah, you're looking at an example when your car gets broken and two guys like come to help you. So that's volunteering. That's a good thing. But also there are many other examples. Do you, did, you, did you read about like the violence that has been escalating, you know, um, lately? So, violence is escalating, violence is escalating everywhere in the world, and that's something normal in the human uh, history, in the human... Uh, but oh God, volunteering... Yeah. It's decreasing, actually, violence is decreasing in the world. I mean, historically speaking, it has been decreasing. Yeah, because in the past, means of violence are more, uh, more um, how we say... Means? Means of violence. Okay. Uh, the... Um, yeah, yeah, violent. Yeah. Now, in our age, it's hard to be violent. Even people who have violence in their heart, they cannot always because be Because probably violent. there's no profit from it. Exactly. It's uh, something different. Yeah. But uh, having the initiative, having the feeling to take initiative, having the will to take initiative is something that I think we should be proud of because we have it, uh, many others don't. So if we focus on that side, on the bright side of having the, the, uh, the will to take initiative, we can forget about the, the side that we have violence and we have. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. It's just um, 
But sometimes you need to to acknowledge that that side exists in order to be able to like to come up with solutions and think about solutions. Like I understand what you're saying and I know the bright side that you're talking about. I, I really do. But it's just that it seems to me there are also many desperate youth, many jobless people, many people who just want to go abroad on a boat. Um, there are many people in the, have parks illegally. They just they are just want to just want to take money, make money with any illegal way. A lot of stealing, a lot of. Um, it's a race. It's a race between people and another people. So, if we are on the good side, then we need to win this race, and the others will lose that race. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, let's talk about people who are doing. Um, or creating opportunities here in Algeria. Yes. So we have many associations or many uh, individuals who are uh, doing events uh, like MUN, for example, Arif Abdul Jalil, he is doing the MUN. MUN helped thousands of Algerians. Yeah, it to helped me. Yeah, and also me. It helped uh, thousands of Algerians to discover themselves, to discover their potential, and also to meet new people and uh, widen their horizon to yes. see other opportunities. Mm -hmm. So that's true. Yeah, and I think in MUN, Many people participated uh, from different perspectives, like Kane, there is people who are uh, anglophone, people uh, francophone, people Kane, there is different people who participated in the MUN, but they could work together. They became friends and they changed each other in a certain way. And that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on opportunities like this to make everyone in this community work together and each one will give to the other one something in their personality that will change them to the good that's uh, i think the solution for uh, i wish amiwan was available for uh, in every wilaya yeah i mean I, I totally agree with you i, I like to focus on that uh, because it just makes you more hopeful and more optimistic about algeria but also, I know that the reality says that I think that 70% of the population are like young people, right? In, yeah. in Algeria. So I know that there, we have a lot of young people out there. But like, I don't think that most of them are engaged in those activities and they know about them. Like, not, ev not everyone knows Isaac. Not everyone knows Amiwan. Not everyone knows. I think that the majority don't know. So let me ask you. Mm -hmm. What do you think people who are in Isaac or in MUN or any other association yeah. should do in this kind of situation? when we have people who doesn't know i think they are they are already doing their best okay yeah that's great so we come to agree that people who are doing good things are doing their best yes yes right. i yeah i totally agree with okay. that okay so okay there is something that we need to cross there's something new we need to cross our limits so you are saying they are doing their best but i think the thing that we need really to do is not the best but to cross our limits Mm. Okay, so we need to cross our limits. Um, when I used to study, uh, my sister used to tell me uh, how many exercises did you, did you solve? That I solved all the series. Then she tell me um, do another series. Even though I've solved all the series that I have, go fetch for another new series and solve it. It will help you to go get good grades. So this is the thing. If we are taking initiatives. If we are making initiatives, if we are creating opportunities, we need to cross our limits. We do not just stand like, for example, I'm doing STEM, I will just stay in STEM. No. I can do volunteering with uh, Darlia Tama. 
I can do uh, other opportunities. I can go in my vacation and do a teacher training for ever for other people, so they can help them to teach, for example, etc. So this is crossing the limits, crossing my abilities. And I think uh, many people did this in other developed countries. That's why their countries now are developed. They crossed their limits back in the. Uh, I think it was Germany who did this after World War yeah. Two. In two years, they crossed their limits. Yeah. I think they dedicate like a f the whole population dedicated. I think two hours of two hours or one hour of volunteering for volunteering each day. Yeah, yeah. each day. Each day. Yeah, that's uh, that's really amazing. It's just that I think that if um, I think that if like most Algerians do that, I think that a lot of good things would happen. Uh, rising awareness is very important. The way we do it, we need to be pure in that. Uh, we talked earlier before this uh, session. Before the recording. Yeah, before the recording. We said that there is some people who are doing things just to show off. And I told you that we can get even positivity from showing off. Because showing off will get people to know that opportunity. We'll get people to know that there is something existing. Uh, like I said, if you are in a southern region and one person is showing off. When we know in southern region, we don't have many opportunities. So if a person is showing so that's, off... that's better than not being in the picture at all. Yes, exactly. So show off. If you have anything, show off and let other people know what you are doing. And so they can do it also. So it's not about your intention. Your intention doesn't matter. It's just like the yeah, effect. Yeah, that's, that's for you. Your intention is with you. So now either you want to succeed or you want just to live a dream. But <laughs> share it. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing way of amazing way of saying it. You don't want to achieve your dream, or you just want to uh, feel it. <laughs> yeah, feel it. <laughs> so if you want to feel it, it's up to you. It's personal, but share it. Share what you are feeling. Share what you are thinking you are doing, or you are doing. Share it. Yeah, tell them. About this is it. a exactly. message for people who are still uh, discovering themselves. But for people who are already doing great stuff, uh, I, the only word is just cross your limits. You are doing your best, but cross your limits. That's it. Yeah, it's just that I, I don't think that everyone gets inspired by people who show off. I think not everyone. That's going to hold back some people and attract some people. Well, yeah, true. But for me, as an example, Ami Yuan is from, a from someone who showed off. And I joined Ami Yuan for that person. So I think it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really interesting way of looking at it. I mean, I like your positivity. I mean, you cannot live without that positivity. Are you happy if every you single day in your life? Look, for example, Hnaya, we live in a country where they cut internet for a week because of an exam. So if we keep uh, thinking of other negativities besides this, we will dive into an oblivion and we will not uh, be... Uh, Awaken again. So you're trying to find the bright side. Yeah. In so always moment. find the bright side of everything, even in his internet cut. My game mechanics plus see bright side there. That's really amazing, yeah. man. It's like you got like really, really calm attitude where you're just smiling. And that's everything happening. That's thanks to a one person also. His name is Muhammad Abdul Aziz. Okay. He was my. Uh, let's say he's my mentor. He's still my mentor, mm -hmm. and he was my supervisor at World Jordan. He is. If we are still in the time of prophets, I will name him a prophet. He is just amazing in the way he sees things, in the way he processes what is happening in any wise. action. He's wise. He's, yeah, he's wise. He's a pioneer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And he, How did he affect you? He affected not only me, he affected many people. And uh, he changed the way we see life and the way we process things at work uh, or uh, at uh, family or anything. So he works so with you in word learning? Yeah. He is a word learning employee. But despite that, my, his personality is something special. And he Maybe sees we'll, we'll everything. invite him to the podcast. I think if he's here in Algeria, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. So yeah. he's positive. He's, he influences people positively because of his positive energy. He is a source of positive energy. He is like the source of positive energy. Yeah, and I, as I told you, the way he sees opportunities, the way he sees what people are doing or what we need to do is very different from uh, what normal uh, humans see. And I can have many people testify this. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, I think there was only one one person, like one uh, scientist, who made me feel like this. His name is Steven Pinker. When he was, uh, he did like a very famous uh, uh, presentation where he talked about how violence is dis decreasing in the world. Mm -hmm. And so he said, like when people watch the news, they are like, "Wow, the world is getting like worse. There is a lot, there are a lot of violence out there." You know. Um, things are dark and then they start feeling bad but when they read history they're gonna find much much more horrible things and then he he was talking about for example how in Rome back in the days they used to set uh, animals on fire and then they are all just like uh, yelling and uh, because of that because of the when they hear the animals like screaming they're just people are enjoying and they're just yelling to it it's just like a sport for them um, and then he, he was talking about all the wars that he, that used to happen, um, and so he said like violence was a really big thing back then, but and now it's actually decreasing. Like we went from human rights to women's rights uh, to animal rights, and now we're talking about the climate change, and you know like so human beings like started from where they were just hunter-gatherers, they were just hunting each other for food and profit and whatever. And now they, they, they care about more things than just, uh, and probably that's because we're wealthier than ever. We have electricity, we have uh, water, you know, we don't need to cross miles, even though this still exists in some places. But for the majority, I think in the world, I'm not sure if it's the majority. Okay, don't quote me on that. Um, but I think that human beings are living in a really bare conditions in comparison with the past. And when I was uh, verifying, I was thinking about all that, I was like, like yeah, that's, uh, that's actually true. I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. So do you think it's a, a change in human nature or uh, humans are adapting to a change, a certain change? I think that they are the ones creating change. Technology. But, but their we nature is still there. Yeah, nature is still there. We adapted to it. We adapted to nature, but also we're creating new things. Nice. You know, there was this philosopher who once said, like, imagine if we, um, I don't know, if we go back to the, into the past, like 1,000 or 2,000 years ago, and we come to those people with a plane or helicopter yeah. or something, they would think that we are gods. Yeah. Like, what the hell? They came from the sky. These are the people we, our ancestors used to tell us about. Yeah. You see? But now, I mean, we, we have all these technological tools and it's like really, I mean, you go to the plane and you just want to sleep until you get there, like you don't care. <laughs> don't you think that having um, a less percentage of violence these days is due to people being busy? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes, everyone has, some, when, I think that when people ha have work, 
they tend to be less um, focused on each other. They don't care about what the less other is focused person. on their humanity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so exactly. Food or eating is a part of the human nature. Do you agree on that? I do. So, do you play video games? I do. Okay, so if you are playing video games for like seven hours, do you think that you are hungry? Do you have that feeling? No. Uh, well, sometimes you do. Sometimes, but, but you eat really chips and something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like you, well, you don't want to stop the game for one hour to go to eat. Exactly. You want maybe to eat while playing the game. To eat while playing, so because you are busy in that yes. game, so you start forgetting about your human nature stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing for violence, I think. So many people who are uh, seen to be violent or do violence uh, in the street or at their home are people who are usually uh, not having a job or people who don't have a life or do not study or... Something. Yeah, that's what I think. Joblessness yeah. create all this mess. Exactly. So if we get these people busy, they will probably be away from violence. And that's where it comes also education. So why education is just concentrated on going to university and getting a degree and then work? Why it cannot be something that you can do while you are not in university and with that you can actually work? or you can create your own startup and then your own company. So we can get back to the example of the guy who's working with me now, Yusri, who is 19 years old. As I, as I told you, he's a dropout from university. He didn't continue university. He stopped his year in university for two years now. But if he didn't find uh, a STEM center to uh, help him, to give him the opportunity to, to learn more, to, uh, to study by, his, uh, by himself, and also to innovate and create innovative projects. He's creating very innovative projects. How can he live the next years of his life if he didn't find this? He will certainly be Yankee Yankee. Yeah. Yeah. So so the moral the moral advice is create more things in people's life. Create more opportunities. Keep them busy. Yeah, get them busy. Get them busy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I was talking about like what technology has done to uh, to uh, like to people to humans on a global scale. Uh, there is also this nice quote where it says that uh, now a child in Africa has uh, a smartphone, a bird technology than the U uh, than what the U.S. president had 50 years ago. And so, if you go back 50 years ago, they didn't have like this smartphone. Okay, what this smartphone can do. Um, was probably like a big computer in a room, mm. you know. But now, then, but now you can actually talk to people. They can see you were there on the other side of the, the other planet. Like that's just amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah, like when you think about it, like that almost seems impossible. Like how could you appear on a screen? You know, like where where, where are these? So <laughs> 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 Yeah, exactly. Like how am I getting this? Yeah. You know, but we don't we don't think about all these things. And the more you think about them, you feel like, wow. Now I'm driving my car. Yeah, it's taking me an hour, for example, to go to my place. But when I think about how it used to be back in the uh, back then, like 1,000 years ago, I, I could be I don't know sitting on a camel and maybe maybe spending a day on the road. You know, with the the the, the heat of the sun. And now I am with the AC inside, listening to music, and I'm just sitting in a chair, and it's going, you know? Um, when you think about all of that, I think you tend to feel like really better about the life conditions that you have, even though you think that, oh, okay, I live in Algeria, third world country in Africa, and uh, we're not living as good as uh, people from Western countries. But when you think about the age you're living in, you're supposed to be grateful. You're supposed to 
to be really appreciative because people suffered much, much, much more than you in the past. True. You know, they didn't have all those privileges. I think that's one way of how I keep myself uh, positive, but you have your own way, <laughs> right? You have your own way of being optimistic. Um, so yeah, I think, I think feeling opt optimistic, uh, that, by the way, does feeling optimistic and positive help you in your job? Yeah. It does? Yeah, it does. It does because sometimes I think every employee in the world feels this. Sometimes you have tasks that uh, have, for example, uh, no sense or they just cannot be fit in your program. Uh, time is not uh, well designed. Uh, you don't have the necessary tools to do that. But if you feel positive about it and then you think that you are able to make it work despite all the challenges that you are facing, then you can do it. But if you keep thinking, ah, oh, Kima, usually what I see in many uh, people who are working at Adula, uh, they uh, yeah, you mean public public companies. companies they just do not take initiative they just think ah oh, I can't do it but they don't think how can we do it differently how can we make it work like for example I have I wanted to make I still want to uh, organize a national uh, competition in robotics but online virtually using software and they where they can build their robots online and uh, make it uh, do certain challenge online also and it was supposed to happen in august right and everything was set uh, promise was given to be in august i failed i didn't do it in august but i didn't lose faith i'm still working on it and i'm going to make it despite that the deadline but i'm doing it the this competition is going to happen anyway so this is the feeling, it's my optimistic or positively thinking or the will, having the will that you are going to make it. Yeah, the will and commitment. Uh, yeah. You are going to make it. That's it. All right. Thank you so much You're for welcome. coming, uh, Ashraf. I hope that people will benefit a lot from uh, like your experience and also the opportunities that you guys provide worth learning. Um, hopefully, we're going to have you uh, again sometime soon uh, yeah. uh so yeah that's it for uh, this uh, episode thank you so much for uh tuning in guys and uh, take care and have a good day bye